1: Reported live. Hello and welcome. This is Brooke Folk, your host, and assistant writer to Ken Vernon the inspired author of the book and the published book, Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud. And we welcome to uh, the questions and answers you would like to hear from Mr. Ken Vernon at any time, not just on episode programs, but at any time. Revelationofrevelation.com is the website that you want to go to to get further details on the author, the assistant writer, And listen in this evening as we introduce this topic of a -a one-of-a-kind program where it is the scriptures that are speaking the truth through the in-depth scripture studies of Ken Vernon. Good evening, Ken.
0: Good evening, Brooke. And good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us tonight. We have a, a rather special program tonight. It's not new to everyone in the Bible world, are uh, certainly not new to us, but there are others who have discovered these errors that are in the Bible, purposefully placed there by people who really didn't have a clue what they were doing. And this was done centuries ago. Tonight, I'm going to show you an obvious most profound lie in your Bible that no one in the Christian community will share with you, no church group, no minister, no priest, no religious teacher whomsoever, will share with you this most obvious, blatant lie. Here's the title of tonight's program, He Comes as a Thief in the Night. That passage comes from Second Peter chapter 3 in verse 10. However, if we go to Matthew 24, here's what we find. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Does that passage reflect someone coming in the night? No. No is the only obvious answer. This will not be a secret event. It says, All the tribes of the earth shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. This event will certainly be worldwide. Here we have two passages from the Bible contrary one to the other surely there must be some reasonable explanation for this gross discrepancy. There must be an answer. Where do we go to find the truth? Well, you're in a good place. The answer is, in the Gospel of John, Messiah said to the people who believed in him, if you continue in my word, you shall know the truth. How wonderful! We have the instructions from our Maker Himself. So let us continue in His words and see how we come to the place of the knowledge of the truth. In the Gospel of Matthew, we have an account of His disciples asking Him as He sat upon the Mount of Olives, when shall these things come to pass And what shall be the sign of His coming? Notice, they're looking for a sign of His coming. Now we're getting somewhere. First the disciples ask, when? And then, what shall be the sign of His coming? A A very clear picture begins to emerge here. The passage of Scripture from Matthew above has the answer. He returns with the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Not a secret nighttime event, but with the clouds of heaven for everyone to see. Multiple millions are looking forward to this event. His disciples ask for a sign, something everyone can relate to. Note. All his disciples were present at that meeting on the Mound of Olives near the temple. No doubt, the Apostle Peter, as we are told, was with the entire assembly of disciples. The name Peter actually comes from a people who tampered with the Scriptures However, the Apostle Shimon, who was really the Apostle that from time to time, you'll find passages in your New Testament referring to him as Simon Peter. Well, his name wasn't Simon, his name wasn't Peter, his name was Shimon, he was a Jew. His name was Shimon. Well, let me continue, that's for another another broadcast, but tonight we are concerned with the fact that in a book, or two epistles in the Bible, we find this individual called Peter, specifically saying that the Messiah returns as a thief in the night. Now, here's the proof. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came on to him privately saying, Tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age. Some Bibles have the incorrect word there, end of the world. The world is not coming to an end. Why would this individual, this disciple, that is called Peter, in writing an epistle some years later, tell a bold lie, a bold-faced lie to follow us as he went about preaching the good news. Obviously, he did no such thing. Those words we find in the Apostle Peter are not the words inspired by the Holy Spirit, nor the words that all the disciples heard on that day, on the Mount of Olives. They were told that it will be a day with signs. Let us go forward and establish undeniable proof from the words of the Most High. For that we will turn to the Old Testament prophecies regarding the day of the Lord. Here we go. From the prophet Joel chapter 2 and verse 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. All the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day, observe, not the night, of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. The scriptures clearly says the day of the Lord, not the night of the Lord. Again, another place where we see the day of the Lord is a daytime event, not a nighttime event. Verse 15 from Joel, or rather, let me go back to Zephaniah. Zephaniah 1 and verse 14. The great day of the Lord is near. Notice it says day again. It is near and haste it greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty men shall cry there bitterly. Again, note, the prophet wrote the day, not the night. Verse 15. That day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble and distress, a day of witness, of wasteness and desolation a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Again we see, repeated over and over and over, it is the day of the Lord, not the night of the Lord. Again and again throughout the gospel recordings of the day of the Lord, we can find that the day of the Lord is accompanied with clouds. Nowhere in any of those passages I just, shared with, I, I just shared with you will you find any mention of the coming of the Lord being a nighttime event. Yet, supposedly the apostle Peter tells the folks when he went about the business of preaching the good news that Messiah comes as a thief in the night. Let's look a little further. In another article, I will show you that there was no apostle by that name who was also called Pope. Not one of those two people, those names or persons, come from the Bible. And also the reason we find that gross lie within the pages of our Bibles. Now, here's a very important, a very important point. If you are hoping to learn the truth from mainstream religious teachings, here's a passage of scripture I have from you, for you. From Dr. David Stern's complete Jewish Bible. It's found in Matthew 11, in verse 25. Here is exactly how that scripture reads It was at that time Yeshua, Messiah, said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you conceal these things from the sophisticated and the educated, and reveal them to ordinary folks. Verse 26, Yes, Father, I thank you that it pleased you to do this. Now, I'll bring you some information, some historical information, based upon the translation, the English translation of the Bible, from the folks at the Institute for Scripture Research. They are a South Africa-based outfit, but you can buy their Bibles anywhere at any of the reputable bookstores on the Internet. Many years ago, the folks from the Institute for Scripture Research discovered that numerous Bibles, not just passages, but numerous books, rather, in the Bible, were actually fraught with fraudulent verses and impossible events. As I pointed out before, all the disciples were on the Mount of Olives when they asked the disciple for a sign regarding the day of his return. Why would this disciple tell others a bold-faced lie later, many years later, after the Messiah returned to heaven, why would he tell them that the Messiah would come in the middle of the night, when in fact, all the other disciples who were there with him knew exactly what he said? Let me continue with the ISR for you, because this is very important. If you wish to get a good grasp of the magnitude of this nonsense that sits right there in your Bibles, in every other English translation of the Bible, even from the ISR, you will see that passage translated into English. But the folks at the ISR actually knew Based upon their translations, that the books of Peter, or the epistles of Peter, 1 and 2, the epistles of John, 1, 2, and 3, the letter from Jude, Thessalonians, chapter 2, James, for a total of eight, eight books, actually eight books in the New Testament that are fraudulent. But unless you buy one of the very expensive translations of the Bible, I think it costs something like 51 bucks, you would never know that. They kept it a secret. I don't know why. I later came behind those guys when I discovered that Revelation is a fraudulent book and that also First Thessalonians is a fraudulent book. So within the pages of your Bible you actually have 10 books in your New Testament that are fraudulent. It has led to much confusion and misinformation from many folks because they have not done the most important thing. They have not followed in the words as we are all instructed to do in order to come to the place of the knowledge of the truth. I will continue this article in a follow-up article bringing you some history to go along With the translations, or the translation, the English translation, of the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. For anyone listening to this broadcast tonight, if you have the time, go to our website, the Revelation of Revelation, and there are several articles there. There are two articles that you need to read before you read this article which is posted because it will really help, greatly help to enlighten you. Those two articles are labeled Christianity from Rome, Part 1 Christianity from Rome, Part 2. It gives you quite a bit of history and words that are used in your Bible, those two articles even bring forward the fact of a giant lie that's found right at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. It says, and I'll quickly bring that to you, it actually says that There was a prophecy fulfilled regarding Joseph having a dream from an angel who told him that he should call the child that was to be born Jesus. What's fascinating about that is that that passage of Scripture has been in the New Testament, for centuries. Not an overnight thing, but for centuries. We have never seen that problem until very recently when we go to Matthew chapter 1 and we see that no scripture was fulfilled as the narrative says in Matthew that the angel would come and tell Joseph what to call the baby's name. The only scripture you can find comes from Isaiah. And it says, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And that is the only scripture that was fulfilled when that child was born. Yet, someone as I said, many centuries ago, because even in the ISR, which does a pretty good job of translating more accurately the Hebrew and the Greek in the New Testament, who knows a great deal, yet they miss that. They miss that bold line, and they still they actually still wrote the name Jesus, when in fact the name Jesus is not written anywhere in your Old Testament. So how could a prophecy from the Old Testament regarding the Messiah bear a name such as Jesus? There is no J sound or J equivalent letter in the Hebrew language. So again tonight, what I have done, very briefly, I've showed you two major lies that no one, absolutely no church group, no minister, no preacher, will come and tell you that those things are lies. And the reason why they can't, they have brought you a Jesus for centuries. In order for them to come back and correct that problem now, they are in danger of losing all their followers. They're in danger of losing their jobs. They're in danger of being considered liars by millions and millions of people, not realizing that the scripture tells us that all scripture is there for correction and reproof. But they haven't got the courage to do that, because as I said, they would lose their jobs, they would have no source of income, and that gets pretty
1: difficult
0: after all, especially if you made a living from preaching what is commonly called the gospel, which you discover if you continue in the Word, that... The gospel that is being taught is not at all the good news about the soon coming kingdom of heaven. On that note, I'll turn it over to Brooke.
1: You've been listening to Revelation of Revelation. Dot com is our website. You'll find out about the author, about the assistant writer. You'll find various articles under the blogs that you can read at your leisure. Reply, ask questions, show us your proof where the scriptures are wrong and what is being told to you in this radio format we'd like to know. We are not offended if you find the truth before we do. Let us see it from your pages of your Bible. Explain it, and if not, do have an open mind to drink in the truth of the Scriptures, the Scripture revealing what has been erroneously or fraudulently put in your Bible. I have been told over the course of maybe 50 years of business that we have to learn, we keep growing, keep up with the times. Well, this is no different. If you truly want to seek in the curiosity form may way of mind, Think about what you want. Ask, ask, and it should be given. And we have asked in different personalities, Ken Vernon, the author of Revelation of Revelation, and myself, a long-time friend, a long-time associate in a former religious group, and a a long-time Bible-studying partnership. And what I don't see, Ken does. And what I see, Ken recognizes in some ways that my words were better put on paper to initially bring to you what Ken is saying. Over the years, not that many years, but in the past two years, dramatic increases in writership abilities and speaking about the gospel has been evident here in my corner of this radio program and listening to Ken and his writings, uh, where does that come from? Diligence, passion, and inspiration. So here on Revelation of Revelations, we are open. We are wide open to your interpretation to show where these scriptures that Ken talks to you and perfectly translates for you from scripture to scripture, and where they don't equal the same, one has been tampered with, and Scripture clearly shows which one is in error. That's all. Someone said years ago to me, if you are truly brainwashed, maybe it's time that you wash your brain. <laughs> said, that was kind of direct, and so I said, okay, let's give it a, a, a thought. How do you wash one's brain? Or am I indeed the one that is brainwashed? But then, in attending different variations, we'll call it, of uh, religious upbringing, and I've had four or five, they all basically teach the same, but in different uh, ways. Some will keep the entire Old and New Testament, some will be just New Testament, some will be Baptist, some will be Catholic, some will be Methodist. There is just thousands and thousands of denominations. Well, there's only one word, so how can we get all the variations? Well, the Tower of Babel comes to mind. Uh, Just so much confusion out there, but everything in a reason and in a time. So this brainwashing, I'm thinking these radicals that are the terrorist groups and what they truly believe... Who taught them these things possibly could be so that they're so raptured into going out and doing the deeds of what is obviously evil in the minds of the listeners, yet they firmly believe that their way is the right way and their rewards are going to be the rewards? Do you think any of them have ever asked, share with me the truth, the simplicity of truth, I want to know? It's doubtful, their religious leaders, of course, did not, and so there's plain in reading scriptures, you'll find the things that Ken Vernon is able to be inspired enough to bring out, and then ultimately into this program, a revelation of revelation is a booklet, it's an email booklet, and um take that back it's used to be an bound booklet, but the publisher now has an ebook and also a published book version. So go to the website and learn how you can acquire one or your favorite book store online, such as Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Type in Kenrick, K-E-N-R-I-C-K, Vernon, V-E-R-N-O-N, for example, and the book of Revelation will pop up on your screen. You can do a Google search. You can see that it is something you can hold in your hands or read on your computer. And then please take our openness and email Ken Vernon any time. day or evening, and when he gets online and is able to reply to you, he will. And he will show you the scriptures. He will be happy to do that for you. And Ken, you're still with us here. To give the listeners your email address that you respond to.
0: Sure. It's vergedi, V-E-R-G-E-D-I, at optonline.net. And you can Thank you. read any time at that address or simply go to our website and leave a comment on any one of the articles that are there. And we will we ask, ask for information.
1: We ask for no money, no following, no do this next, other than to open your mind, read your own scriptures, but read what we have for you. There's absolutely no charge. The articles that are online and decide for yourself if you are being called into the truth because you've been seeking just like we have been for the truth. It's a very unique you will not find it anywhere we have yet in the few years that we have been in presenting uh the articles and the booklets, the before publication. Not one, not one person has ever come by and said, you're wrong. This is what this scripture means. Or answer this question I have on this scripture. It just hasn't been. We welcome it, but it hasn't been. Not one. So there are those who will never, never go off the path of their spiritual upbringing and that's okay. The messages are not for you at this time, then. That's okay. But it always not lost like some preachers preach. And that's the good news. And this program is the good news and brought to you often. And we ask that you do stop by often and check out the archives for our next episodes and topics that we'll be talking about. Remember Ken Vernon, email him at any time. And we do seriously want to show our appreciation of your listenership and your ability to uh, enjoy the holidays as they roll around. Thanksgiving, a very special holiday, and it's one that we're in so appreciation, and we keep thanksgiving that there is the truth out there. And I welcome your return, and Ken welcomes your questions, and until the next episode, this is Brooke Volk, the assistant writer to Ken Vernon, saying good evening, and join us again real soon.